Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily. I'm Veronica. And we're trying a new platform here today. So <laughs> keep your fingers crossed, friends. Let's all hope that uh, this recording comes through loud and clear and uh, timely. Yeah, that was funny. There was like a <laughs> countdown and Emily started and I was like, wait, hold on. And then, oh, wait, okay. <laughs> I didn't see the countdown. There was no countdown, oh, but we were both gray. Okay. So I was like, oh, it's not, we're not clear. I don't know what's happening here. Anyway, we'll see what happens next. Um. But we did research for this podcast, so it better come out clear. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> here. Yeah, I don't want to do this over. <laughs> I mean, it would be. We would love to share this with you as many times as it's necessary for you to get the message. Oh, that's awesome. That's <laughs> Only if, every time would be different. You know, we'd go off on it something would. else, and then yeah, totally. <laughs> that's it. Because yeah, that's just how we roll. Yeah. We're all over the place. <laughs> Uh, there's always a new, a new thread that we grab onto and go down, go down that rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. But today we're going to be talking about witchcraft in a couple different cultures, actually countries, uh, specifically, but cultures as well. We were thinking about how it would be cool to look at sort of how witchcraft has been across the world, across time. And obviously this is a massive topic that we're not going to delve into for like a year. So <laughs> <laughs> there, but we are going to do at least a couple episodes where we address two cultures slash countries uh, each episode to just talk a little bit about the history and, and what, how witchcraft is seen, represented, maybe practiced in these different places. And yeah. Yeah, I, I did. Feel, I miss anything? No, I just I feel like doing this research. It's, it makes me feel closer to people in other parts of the world, and I'm like, oh yeah, we're all the same. Like, even though it is different practices, but you know, we're all, you know, looking for something else. You know, we're all wanting to be more spiritual beings and be more connected. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so that was what you gained from your research. It did actually, and I, I got, I, there was a lot of pieces where I was like, oh yeah, we do that too. Oh yeah, that I do that too. Like, and yeah, so it was, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of connected pieces, no, no matter you know what the practice is, even if it's really completely different. Like, um, yeah, how we all connect <laughs> around the world. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, one of the, uh, maybe I'll lead us off here. I'm going to be talking about Iceland. And the reason that I picked Iceland was actually because when I think of Iceland, I always think of elves. And then I was like, ooh, if elves live there, there must be witches. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Welcome to my brain. Um, so I actually did not know. I don't know much about Iceland, to be honest with y'all. Uh, and let me also just say my geography sucks. So as we go through this, <laughs> this journey, I'm like having to look stuff up on maps. I'm like, no, where is that? I don't even know. Whereas Veronica's like, I love maps and I know where everything is. I'm literally taking uh, <laughs> a geography class right now. <laughs> 
So, uh, yeah, I'm going to try real hard not to reference anything place-wise <laughs> as far as directions and location go, just because, you know, I, I don't trust my geography. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to make any I know big that... snafus for those Icelanders. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I could tell you about the Western United States and probably a little bit about the order of the Eastern States and where the UK is. Because you've traveled to the UK. Yeah, maybe Hawaii. Yeah. Right. Alaska. You know, <laughs> I, the places that have been Canada. I could tell you where these things are. But um, yeah, otherwise. Yet I digress. What I wanted to share kind of right off the bat here is is really builds on what you were saying, Veronica, about uh, how we're all looking for something right? We're all looking for something. And one of the articles that I wanted to quote here said, uh, for centuries, Icelanders used magic spells for both practical everyday purposes and specific unorthodox objectives. Witchcraft was a way of bestowing reason upon an unreasonable world mm -hmm. and predicting the unpredictable. Sorcery was to our ancestors what science is to modern man. And I love this mm -hmm. because I do think as humans, we are always trying to figure out how to make meaning. We are always trying to figure out how to, you know, understand what's ununderstandable, right? And to control an environment in a way that keeps us safe and well. Yes. And I, I think that that is something that magic has been looked to for a long time and still to this day shows up, you know love spells and protection spells and manifestation spells and right we're trying to change change the world around us through this. that's so actions. interesting I, I i went right to like my own personal issues of control i was like oh you mean control uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes but we also yes, in, control we, in some way i mean not all people are motivated in that way we're wanting to alter the course of events towards are good or somebody else's good or we're trying to find out what's going to happen so we can prepare ourselves you know yeah <laughs> yeah well coming back to control it's an illusion of control that we're trying to create for yeah. ourselves yeah um so anyway we'll just kick off with that and i I am working on getting show notes together for anybody who is uh, into podcasts and tends to go look at show notes. I love listening to podcasts. I never look at show notes. Just I'll just own that. Um, I'm working on getting more show notes together for past episodes and for upcoming episodes so that if you want to check out the resources that we have cited, you have an easier access to that. So stay tuned on that one. That's a little yeah, I think, uh, work in yeah, progress. Yeah, I'm like, Emily, that's a huge, big thing to chunk off. I really feel like maybe this specifically the ones that are really like the research that we're doing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Veronica's like, Emily, do not take no, on one more thing. Yeah, Put no it more down. Things. Put no it down. Things. Step away. <laughs> I'm going to hire someone there to do it. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. No, that, that's what's going to happen here, friends. I'm not, I'm not taking that on by right. myself. Um, Anyway, just just for future, for those of you that like to geek out on all of the uh, references and, you know, dive into your own research. Nice. There you go. So uh, both men and women practiced magic in Iceland historically. And I actually had pulled up how to pronounce this word. And I <laughs> guess I 
put that tab down. So I'm going to just bear with me. Uh, I believe it's Sidar, Sear. I'm saying it totally wrong, but that is the word How's for magic. How's it spelled? And it's S-E-I. And then it looks like it has a, it's an O with a interesting oh, accent okay. over it. It's not something I'm familiar with. And then you are Sior, Sior. Anyway, um, but that is the word used for, for magic. And female practitioners were called women of science in their language. That's just the translation, friends. Wow. I'm not going to slaughter things. Um, but the men were called the um, men of magic ritual. And there are literary sources that suggest that rituals and magic took the form of altered states of consciousness. So cross-dimensional journeys and messages were given to these folks by gods or spirits. And they were like seers, right? Going into this altered state. So we think about that idea of shifting consciousness at will, accessing other realms. That's really how this played out, at least uh, based on texts that have been found. So in pre-Christian times, Freya and Odin were at the forefront of the honored pantheon. So when we think about uh, who who were the gods and goddesses that they were worshiping, they were very much in that Norse pantheon. And uh, things like runes, runic writings were also found uh, in Iceland. So much as witchcraft has been used throughout time, spells and rituals often focused on healing, protection, uh, war, you know, good outcomes in war, and everyday challenges of the humans. So things like weather and crops and, you know, stuff that we need to survive. This is something that I noticed in my research and across culturally is that the magic was woven into everyday folk living. You know, it mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily separate, like, oh, I'm going to light a candle and draw a card like I might do that's like separate from my everyday. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Everyday magic. Yep. The way that we make sense of the world around us, the way we call on our allies in spirit form or God or goddess form to help aid us in being successful in our lives. That, I mean, that was part of their you know, culture. And, and being well. And probably, like, yes. I'm guessing part of, you know, the well-being of their community as well was reliance on these belief systems. Right. Right. And, and I think that is a common thread yes. if you look through um, different, like you were saying, different cultures is this idea of, of sort of the day-to-day, -day, what are we trying to support in our day-to-day -day living, being like successfully living our lives as humans. <laughs> um, so sorcery was considered both dark and light. Uh, and so there were dark and light magic practitioners. And it was practiced in Iceland until the 17th century when witch trials actually moved across the country. Now, this I thought was so interesting on a couple of fronts. One is that when I started researching, this is what popped up over and over again were witch trials mm -hmm. versus like actual witchcraft and what those practices yes. were. It, you know, it was all of these like, oh, and the witch yep. trials here, yep. the witch trials here. And I was like, that's okay. That's cool. Like, I'm, I mean, it's not cool, yeah. but I'm interested in that historically, but that's actually not what I'm looking for. But that was definitely at the forefront of the or Oracle of Google. Um. But well, I think I, I, don't know, I, I was going to say, I, I really feel like um, when people think about witchcraft, I think that's the first thing that pops into their head is the witch trials, because that's what maybe history or, you know, like 
modern culture has brought forward is the persecution. Right, right. Yeah. I think you're right on that one. What's really fascinating about this, or I, what I found really fascinating, is that there were a couple different sources that I looked at. And one source says that in the period of their witch trials, over 200 people were charged with witchcraft. Another one said the number was closer to 170. But there were very few of these women who were actually, I mean, of these people who were actually women. So it was primarily men who were being accused of witchcraft. What's interesting is when you had first started talking and you said women were known as like, you said something about science makers of, or women. Oh, the women. Yeah. Something. Hold on. And the men were were considered magic sorcerers and the women were people of science. Well, that was the language. That was the language that was used, but they both did the same rituals. Okay. Or at least that was what I was. Yeah, it was just interesting. It sounded like they did the same type of. For me, I'm like, oh, science. That's way more heady, and like, oh, I'm thinking about mixing things and alchemy, you know, as opposed to like falling back on maybe learning, as opposed to something that maybe was passed down, and yeah, I, that was just interesting. I'm like, oh, okay. Hmm. As far as persecution, it's, you know, right. Well, it is interesting, and I don't know how that translates into ancient languages yeah. and what those words, what the meaning of those Actually words was meant. at that time yeah. versus like, yes, now we would perceive it that way. But is that how it was perceived yeah. then? I don't know. I don't Probably know. Not. <laughs> right? Um, Anyway, so I just thought it was fascinating that there were not that many women who were actually accused of witchcraft, that it was primarily men. I think it was like 10% of the people accused were women. And that over that period of time, only 20 were put to death. One source said 21 people, another one said 20. So somewhere around 20 people were put to death for witchcraft. And of those, only one was a woman. Oh, okay. So this also being said, Iceland... at this moment in time has a very small population. So you mean like present day, like at the time you're saying, Oh, like then at the witch Mm -hmm. trials, I I mean, I don't know if you have a date there, but it was six. It was the late 1600s. Yeah. So I'm guessing, I mean, that's obviously a very small number, you know, Yes. but also their population is much lower than you would have in say England, you know, you know, where a lot of the, you know, a lot of people were, the population density was, was more, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and and we don't, I don't have those numbers, so I don't know how to do an actual comparison, but I think that's a good point and something probably to look more into. Um, The time period of these trials was called the age of fire. And uh, many of those deaths were done by burning, burning at the Ugh. stake. So Ugh, horrible. Yeah. But one Ugh. thing I also want to point out is that as I looked through different resources, it sounds like although the devil came up from time to time in some of these accusations, not present. Yes. Not present the way that the devil was Thank present you. in, say, Puritan England or Puritan America. I had that same thing. Uh, it was come up for me too. Oh, yes, interesting. Same thing. So it was more about like cursing crops or cursing your neighbor mm-hmm. or you know whatever those things might be, making someone sick, versus uh, you know 
consorting with the devil. Yes. Which came in different other other places that was much more prominent as a you're a witch, you're consorting with the mm-hmm. devil. The right? devil's mark and yeah, yep. Yes. So it was really I thought it was fascinating. Um, today there is an Icelandic museum of sorcery and witchcraft, and they have a lot of different things there, including grimoires that belonged to different people that survived this time period. Right. So there's texts out there that have recorded some of the practices and, um, different symbols and whatnot. Uh, there are also some artifacts that they have. So I'm going to tell you about necropants. Wait, 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 hold. Necro pants? Not necromancy. Yes, ma'am. Not necromancy. Nope. Necro pants. <laughs> nope. These are pants that are the skin of a dead man. Legit. Like, this is actually a thing. They have a pair of them in the museum. And uh, these pants were actually supposed to bring riches to the wearer. So I... I I cut and pasted into my notes uh, a ritual for making necro pants. If you want to make your own necro pants, you have to get permission from a living man to use his skin after his death. So this is done with permission. After he's been buried, you must dig up his body and flay the corpse's skin in one piece from the waist down. So you have to be able to peel it off in one piece. And then as soon as you step into the pants, they'll stick to your skin a coin must be stolen from a poor widow and placed in the scrotum along with a magical oh symbol my gosh. that is written on a piece of paper. So the coin will draw the money into the scrotum and it will never be empty as long as the original coin is not removed. To ensure salvation, the owner of these pants has to convince someone else to take ownership of them and step into each leg as soon as he gets out of it. The necropants will thus keep the money-gathering nature for generations. I wish you guys could see Veronica's face. What was that? (laughs) Whoa. Necropants. Wow. That's so intense. There's pictures of them. So if you want to, like, type into your favorite search engine, necropants, Iceland, you will be able to see a picture of the pair that they have there in the museum. Wow, that's so intense, man. Well, okay, here's the thing. At least they asked permission. (laughs) Right? Dude, can I have your bottom half of your skin so I can make some pants? I mean, I don't know who's going to agree to that, but maybe like if you're like, sure, bro. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) To ensure abundance for generations to come for your family? Right. Take, take my skin from the lower half take of my it. body. Take it. It's fine. I'm good with it. <laughs> yeah. So there's wow. that. Um, that's that's pretty incredible. So where did you like? I'm just. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I have all the answers, but go ahead and ask. So do this. Like, like, I, like. It's it's not a common practice, obviously, because <laughs> it sounds like probably a- not. Yeah, yeah, it is a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just, I mean, this was just one of the the artifacts they have. Wow. And they found in a grimoire that was the write-up about how to do it, how to create wow. it. Yeah, I mean, there's so such a range of practices from 
you know, right? Watching crops to necropants. I mean, but it's abundance. So it's about abundance and money and manifesting. Yeah, but I have a cat here who's trying to knock my stuff over. It's getting dangerous. Okay. I think we're balanced. But what? I was just going to say, just like to, to follow the logic of like the different steps you have to do. Someone had to create this, you know, like you create your own right. spell. Like they had to create this and then actually give it power that it would actually work. Yep. Yeah. True story, <laughs> dude. Wild. wild. Totally <laughs> wild. Um, so other things in this museum were, uh, I mentioned the grimoires, but there was also found a lot of information and symbolism about magical staves. So these are signs that are believed to hold occult power. So basically like symbols is what my takeaway was. And there are symbols that are carved or drawn onto things to give them this power. Um, this could be anything from protection to guidance to even love. I've made staves before. Oh, all right. <laughs> so you know what this is With about. With symbols. Yeah. Yep. Um, so one of these that is really common is called the Helm of Awe. And the Helm of Awe is drawn and it's said to create confusion, fear, and forgetfulness in others and was used on the battlefield to ensure success. Right, confuse the hell out of your opponent, thus you win. Yeah, so they probably would carve that on like a shield or something. Or their helmets. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, just really really I've, I've had I've had us do that in our circle. Um making you know, it's pretty much you're making like an amulet of sorts, you know, and each runic mm -hmm. symbol, um, there's you know, a series of them that um, either they represent or some people use the, them as letters, but you can also use them as their own entity of power, each one. And then you can combine them together and, um, and bind the whole stave and that mm -hmm. empowers it to do the magic. Yeah. We were just doing a runes class um, with wise woman witchery, uh, Jen and Tenlet Talon and Talon. I always afraid I'm saying her last name wrong. Sorry, Jen. Um, anyway, she came and taught runes to a group of us. And one of the things we did this last class was bind runes and very much like creating these, what look like staves mm -hmm. of, uh, once I saw these symbols, I was like, wait, that looks like the bind runes we were creating. So a similar idea of taking the different symbols and putting them together in different ways to create meaning, to create different energy, that type of thing. Really, it's pretty really wild cool. tapping in because it's so ancient. It's such an ancient system that I mean, some people mm -hmm. resonate with it, and you know, way more than they do the tarot, since tarot is pretty actually mm -hmm. new compared. New, <laughs> yes, very new, very new compared. You know, and when you're really tapping into that, um, I don't know, just ancestral DNA. I mean, some people have that in their DNA, but like tap into that ancient wisdom. Um, it's very powerful or it can be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It just, yeah. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. And actually I did find several websites that show you many different variations of staves that, you know, they found in different grimoires or have found in archeological sites. Um, 
but you can also make your own. Yeah. I mean, some of so. the oldest artifacts because our, I mean, that, that culture has been, I mean, that's their foundation, you know, that's where they're coming from in Iceland. Mm. That's, you know, so it's been, that's been around there forever. They'll, you, there's some really cool pictures of like staves carved in rocks. Um, just like some of the most ancient forms of like human writing. Pretty cool. That's, that is really cool. I did not, I did not research any of that. So I cannot give you that's, sources. That for is things. a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, and when we talk about runes, cause that's on our list, you know, and the, you know, the origin of runes. It's on, it's on our it's list. It's on our list, Emily. <laughs> you guys, we have a list. Yeah. Just so you know, a list of a whole bunch of shit we want to talk about. You had, you, you had no <laughs> idea that you were going to be able to talk about Iceland this whole time. <laughs> I did not. I did not. I did not know that. I thought we were going to be able to get to we're two going different to. cultures yeah, today. No we're not way. going to. This, you guys, you're going to have to listen to only Iceland today. Yeah. And then Veronica will regale us with her culture that she chose at our next podcast. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let me let me just continue on here because I actually have a little of bit more. Of course you do. We're not, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. So like I mentioned earlier, when I think about Iceland, I totally think about elves. But in terms of witchcraft, there's actually a creature called the Tiberi, and I might be saying that wrong. It's T-I-B-E-R-I, and it's linked to the, to sorceresses. So they are the only ones who can create them. They make this creature out of a dead man's rib and wool, and they wrap it together, and they tuck it between their breasts, and then they bring it to life by feeding wine, sacramental wine to it. So like... What did I write down? Like communion wine to it um, by spitting it out on top of this rib and wool. (laughs) And then this creature comes to life. There's like a kind of gross picture of one that is uh, in the museum that I was mentioning. So you could actually look that up. Why would you do that? Well, oh, I will tell you. (laughs) I will tell you. But first, let me tell you, that's how she brings it to life. And then she feeds it by creating a wound in her thigh where it can basically nurse on her blood. Um, But this creature does her bidding. So they can be used to steal wool and milk from sheep and cows of neighboring farms. And it said the way that they steal the milk is they drink it all up and then they come back and regurgitate it for their mistress. So, ew. Um, (laughs) and then one source says that once the sorceress grows older, the Tiberi takes too much energy to carry around and feed. So to get rid of it, she has to tell it to collect all the sheep droppings in the area, and then it will get worn down and won't be able to complete this task. And then it will die and it only leaves a rib. And that is found next to a pile of sheep droppings. Wow. (laughs) so sad (laughs) wow Um, i saw i know i saw another account that talked about passing them on like you could pass them on to you like your daughter or granddaughter or whatever like down the generational line but i only found one source that talked about that so just a curious but you should y'all should go look at that picture because whoa it's Um, a tiberia tilbury tilbury Wait, oh my God, I have it spelled different ways in two different locations. Maybe it's T-I-L-B-E-R-I. Yeah, great research, Emily. Wonderful. (laughs) 
can't even read your own handwriting. <laughs> I know. I know. My hunch is if you look up either of those things, yeah. something will come up when it's related to Iceland. So, I mean, um, you know what? It's, that's fascinating. It's just, that's just fascinating to me. I mean, I've done things in rituals where you like breathe the life into something, you know? Yes. And you, yes. so you create this kind of living entity in its own. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I can see where that, where they're going with that, <laughs> but like that's next level. Like, sure. Well, I mean, cause then you start talking about like, yeah, anyway, I, it feels like a robot horror movie with a little creepy thing that's like slithering around or like if any, if there's any Buffy the Vampire Slayer um, fans out there, it makes me think of the yep. Queller monster. So if you've seen yes. that episode of Buffy, have you seen it, Veronica? You yes. know what I'm talking about? Yes, I have. The Queller monster. Yep. Yeah, that monster freaks me gross. the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, so gross, so gross. Anyway, that's what this—that's what this little creature reminds me of. So, some All pretty right. pretty wild practices, right? Yeah, I mean, there's wild practices everywhere. Yeah, the things—the things we think about and I'm going to make gather sense of that world. those are most likely not being practiced nowadays. Modern. I that I did not. I don't know. I did not that's find that. My guess. I don't mm-hmm. think you really need to steal your neighbor's milk. No. I mean, maybe not. someone needs to do that. But I think I think <laughs> I could follow, you know, follow this down to, to like, what do people need nowadays that they would steal <laughs> that they would need this creature? Internet for? service. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Wi-Fi, you know. <laughs> wild. Oh, there is still a very healthy following, like a healthy pagan following in Iceland today. In fact, there's even a place you can go and join join in in rituals. Just just to note here, I didn't write down the dates, but I did go through what their big celebrations are, and many of them are in alignment with um, some of the quote wheel of the year, right? Like the the ones that are celebrated by many Wiccan traditions. The there are some differences, but there are even when they're named different things, they're celebrating similar things. So you know, very seasonal yes. in nature, very much following the rhythms of the seasons and the cycles of the sun. Um, Which for them is just two. <laughs> <laughs> they just have two seasons. Two seasons. <laughs> it's summer and it's yeah. winter. That's it. <laughs> But there's transitions. There yeah. are transitions happening. And so that's, you know, that's so yeah. much of what we celebrate too. Like Imbolc's coming up. We're we're celebrating that transition midway through winter where we start to turn towards spring. It's definitely feeling that. Yeah. 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 Um, currently, many of the practitioners follow Asatru, which is they, um, people who follow Asatru, uh, which is a religion, also follow the mythology of the ancient Norse deities. So... Uh, you may have heard that Asatru is has been linked to white supremacy, and uh, it's actually its origins are not. But as with many things, it has been misappropriated by this group. So the original practices and beliefs were skewed to fit that framework. But white supremacy does not appear to lie at the heart of the original practices. You know, Christopher so, used to practice Asatru. Yeah. I remember, that remember that. he came to our group and did a ritual for us. No, I don't remember that. I don't think I was there that day. You don't? I must not have been there for that, Veronica, because I would remember that. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I have 
I have zero recollection of that, which tells me I must not have been there. That's my husband, by the way. Those of you who don't know who Christopher, <laughs> Christopher is, we're just like... You know Christopher, you guys, don't you know? <laughs> don't you know by now? He still holds yeah. a lot of the beliefs, but doesn't practice like he used to. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So that's that's my... My take on witchcraft in Iceland throughout the years. Wow, that was awesome, Emily. Thank you for sharing that. Like, what a yeah. wild ride. <laughs> I know. It's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Necro pants and all. Yeah, that. So it's pretty wild. Yeah. That's my bucket list. That's on my bucket list now is to go to that museum to see the necro pants. I think the well, grimoire. Well, not necessarily. The yeah, I'm more interested. Yeah. I don't know, but I mean, I want to see them if I'm there, but it's not like my driving force. I'm much more interested in the grimoires and just the history piece. Yes. Um, Because obviously what I'm telling you here today is going to be pale by comparison to what you would learn going to an actual (laughs) museum where historians put the information together versus Emily on the Internet. (laughs) And it's their culture. So, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So. Awesome. Thanks, Emily. Yeah. Thank you for hanging out with me, V. And you had a lot to add. So that's really cool. I had a lot Um, to hear. I was like, wow. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, next week, we will uh, tune in to what Veronica has to share. You get to sit on and cook your your (laughs) scholarly information a little bit longer. I thought you were going to say cook your necro pants. And I was like, Emily, don't say it. That's disgusting. No, I would never say that. You said that. (laughs) Now you said something disgusting. in my head. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was thinking of like incubating your research. Nice. That's what I was thinking of. (laughs) Yep. Not gross. Not gross. Uh, So until next time, my friends, thanks for tuning in and keep it magical. Thanks so much for listening to Witch Next Door. If you like what you hear, you can click the anchor support link in the description of this podcast. And if you want to help other people like you find us, you can do that by... You can rate us, you can review us, or you can subscribe. Right? Yeah. And you can do all those things. You can just <laughs> click the little stars, you know, and give us like little some comments. cold stars and a little comment. Yeah. How was this for you? You know, whatever. Love it. I totally love it. it. That way people who are checking out podcasts will be like, hmm, that Veronica and Emily sound like an interesting listen. I think I'll pop over there or, wow, they're off the hook. We'll go listen to them. Those people can't stop laughing. This must be so- <laughs> there must be something good here. I could use a good laugh. Yeah. Anyway, so do that, please. We'd appreciate it. It does help other people find our podcast. And uh, and then we also really love to hear from you. So if you have feedback, that's another way to get it to us. Uh, you can also always write us at wisewomanwitchery at sonic.net. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.